how long is it since we've done a podcast? Uh, two weeks. Two this weeks. is, well, technically three. Okay. Just under three because you're hearing this tonight, hopefully. Okay. So, um, hello. <laughs> Sorry we've been away for so long. And uh, if you hear clattering in the background, it's because I've got some cheats trifle. <laughs> It's so nice though. Shall we break down the recipe as you're eating it? Yeah, okay. Let's do a little recipe. It's a really off. good one. I I don't know I don't know who invented this. Um, I thought it was my mum, but when I asked her, she said that when she made something similar at home, it wasn't this exact thing. So it started off as that when you're camping or um, camping, yeah, or on that. a boat, yeah. you know, like on a holiday mm. somewhere, and you can go to those. Anybody who's ever been to a campsite or on a boating holiday, there's always like these weird little shops that mm. all they sell is tinned things and um, possibly some <laughs> locally produced honey and. I don't know, a wrinkly red pepper or something. They mm. never have very much stuff. But, but it's all like emergency things, like a packet of biscuits and yeah. some tea bags, that kind of yeah. thing. So this was a... Oh, God, take the glasses off the top of my head. <laughs> this was a pudding that I came up with on a boating holiday and we went to one of these mm. shops because you could get a Swiss roll, right. a packet of gelatin, you know, flavoured jelly. Yeah. Like So in the States, that would be jello. Here, it's jelly. Jelly. And um, you get a tin of custard, and sometimes you could get cream. You can eat yeah. it without without the okay. cream on top. I think the cream adds a lot, though. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. We'll so, get that. <clears throat> what this one's made out of is some <laughs> reduced price Madeira cake, which I cut into sort of fingery shapes. That one was nice. I will yeah, say that and one then was, I mean, raspberry jelly. Oh mm. no, I forgot. I had some. Some sherry knocking around yeah, from something. Yeah, that's an important step. Yeah, sherry and a bit of brandy. Yeah, I think we bought um, it especially for it. For the trifle, we Christmas, have a sherry. Yeah. No, a trifle sherry that we always use. It's just like a cheap sherry. Mm. So, so yeah, some sherry and some brandy over that and then pour on some raspberry jelly made up with um, three quarters of a pint of water total rather than the pint that it says on the thing. Mm. And I'll tell you, if, if you eat gluten-free cake or anything like that that's very crumbly it's great for holding that together so you could actually make yourself a gluten-free trifle that would be yeah. pretty nice we've pretty done tasty. it before haven't we with like we, those biscuit things that's right with yeah. the the, the uh, boudoir the gluten-free yeah. boudoir biscuits. i thought it was really nice yeah so um madeira cake some sort of alcohol then the jelly poured over the top and then you put it in the fridge to set cover it and put it in the fridge to set in it like a big bowl even a salad bowl would work mm. and then a tin of uh ambrosia custard i'm sure there's other custards available but i've never a seen custard them of your choice. <laughs> and then you put that on the top and then a bit of um cream about i don't know about 150 grams of cream double cream mm. softly whipped yeah. and then softly spread across the top it has to be thick enough to stay but thin yeah. enough to pour mm. yeah well, None. <laughs> I, I, I did, it, I did have some tea, but I'd eaten it before the podcast even started. It was so nice. Um, and then I, I had things. some um, flaked almonds kicking around in the kitchen. So mm, I just toasted them in a fire in a frying pan, and then when they were cold, after I put them on a, like a plate or something, I sprinkled them on top. And it makes the most best, gorgeous, delicious trifle ever. Mm. And anyone that says, "Oh, where's the fruit?" Check out Mrs. Beaton's recipe. There is no fruit in trifle. Yeah, but it's cheese trifle. It's not like a... It's Cheese trifle? No, cheats. <laughs> cheese trifle. I'd be minging. Oh. <laughs> right. But I can confirm, though, because custard and cream, to me, sounds and looks weird, but it's, it's really nice. You don't really notice it. It's just like a nice... I don't know. So, Will, what happened this week? What did what happened on Monday? What did you have to do? Oh, wait, actually, what happened on Monday? The way I forgot for a second, like, that has been a detrimental part of my life right now. And I forgot. Why am I so dramatic about everything? I don't know. You're going to say what happened on Monday or what? Mm. Go on, talk I'll a lot wait, so like I can if, eat my trifle. I'll wait ten more seconds. No. Um, I went to school. Mm. That's it. That's all you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went back. I went back to school. It was nice to see everyone. Everyone's asked me like, um, like if I see someone in the street that I know, like normally an adult, because I think I mentioned on the podcast before, adults love talking about school. Mm. They're like, oh, how's school? And everything. I might start asking them how's work. 
How's work? How are you? Well, How's the kids? No. <laughs> I think you'll find it's because adults want to talk to you because they know you and they want to have some sort of small talk. So Yeah, and that's like a good it's like topic. A thing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like a safe it's bet kinda, that you probably have been or are at school like or doing something. It's kind of like talking about the weather. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like so. it's an easy thing. But um, no, what I said to everyone is it was nice to see everybody, but not so nice to be back at school and doing stuff. Although we do get a lot of break. But then also I feel like that drags the day out more. Because mm. we get a break, we get a fifteen-minute break between each lesson, and lunch is like an over an hour, and then wow. break time um, is half an hour. We mm. get a break in the morning, so it's just like a lot, and I feel like it drags the morning out. So I'd rather just what I'd what I prefer is that school started at normal time because it also starts later, um, and then finished at two. That would be really nice. I know mm. they can't do that, but that would be nice. I think they have quite long breaks between lessons because um, they're doing online support as well, yeah. aren't they, for distance learners mm. or whatever. And then they have to have the day evenly. Like, they've made it so that there's an even waiting time between the beginning and end of school and the buses. So the buses get there half an hour before school starts and school finishes half an hour before the buses leave. Why? Because the bus times have stayed the same, but school finishes a little bit earlier and starts a little bit later, only by like 10 minutes. That's another 10 minutes you've got to wait not, on the bus or it's wait not like the buses go anywhere. That's they what I was thinking. They sit in that lay-by outside the town. That's what I was thinking. Because I know that some of them are late, but then also most of them turn up like an hour before. Because hmm. I thought it was because other schools used the same buses, but they don't. Mm-mm. No, they don't. Yeah. There aren't any other schools. <laughs> well, I think the next closest one is what nine Lemon miles, nine, yeah, nine yeah. miles away. So, and I think if you're coming out from the other side of our town, mm. like from the Llandovery direction or something like that, there's no way you'd probably be going to Lemon Valley. I wouldn't have thought, or yeah. get being able to get a bus, you'd probably have to rely on your parents because mm. the way it's all decided about catchment areas and things like that. Yeah. They're insane as well. I know that some people, like, you could have to get your parents to drive you to school, but then the person that lives next to you can get the bus. Because they're yeah. really, really strict, aren't they? I think yeah. you should just be limited to, like, the road. Mm. But, There's yeah. all sorts of um, reasons behind it. I don't really get it. It's, um, it's all changed so much since I was at school. Mm. You know, but then we had the same thing, catchment areas and things like that, so... Like, if you lived less than three miles from our school, you couldn't get on a bus. I think it's the same here. Yeah. And yet somebody that lived in the other half of the village could. Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> Excuse me. But then again, they're really strict, so yeah. what are you going to do? I have to keep talking. I've got a mouthful of trifle. Okay, I have my Mary Ellen's again, if you're wondering. Mm. Did I mention the coconut mocker on that? Yeah, I did. Mm. A lot. Sorry, a lot of time has passed since we were last here. Mm. Like, there is a lot more that's happened. I just can't remember it all because it's been so long. Um, I can't remember Me anything. <laughs> I'm eating trifle. Let's just have an ASMR intermission. No! <laughs> <laughs> this is making me realise how much I rely on you to speak because I, I actually realised, like, I don't speak that much in the podcast and I don't start conversations. I add to them quite a lot, but I don't start them. Mm. Like, you're always the one that brings stuff up and it's like, hey, like... I don't know. So why do you think that is? Oh, sorry. Why do you think that is? Um. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. <laughs> no. Um. Mm-mm-mm. It might be That's partly because. Was it good? Mm. I thought it was good. I think it might be partly because two different generations, and we've grown up. I don't know. Although I feel like we talk to each other. As if no, we're on the same what, la- oh. You, oh, oh, I see. Oh, I see. Right, yeah. You're That's like my that reasoning, question. yeah. No, what I actually meant was, why do you think you're not comfortable in starting conversations? Oh. Can we move the interrogational light out of my eyes? Oh, sorry. Please? I like having it on for, for ambiance. It doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> no, no, I don't think they can hear ambiance. Yeah, but I can see it. But then it's just, it feels weird. I have to have like a light there, isn't it nice? Does it make you happy? It does make me happy. Are you happy now, Spike? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyone that's ever seen Flushed Away, oh, I love that film. That's I recommend so it. Funny. It's so good. That was really good. Do you know one of the things I really like about it is the um, 
No, it's random. I didn't know we were going to go there. Mm. Um, it's you know the the scene where you see like um, the sort of London in the sewers type thing, and they've built all of the sort of this like Tower Bridge and yeah. and the, the, what looks like the Thames and all that and all the different things that have been appropriated. <laughs> do you remember the borrowers? Do you remember me reading the borrowers? I team? do. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, that exactly sort of thing, thing yeah, yeah. like repurposing. I don't know. Yeah. A sardine tin or whatever. It I think they made a be. film for that, didn't they? The Burrowers. Isn't that a film mm, now? They yeah. did, yeah. I don't know that I managed to get all the way through it. So Me either. I think um, I saw like a bit of it on telly once. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things that could probably be now we've got better technology and stuff that the special effects and things could be done slightly better yeah. well in some ways because i was going to say what i really liked about flushed away is that kind of, it makes me think of sort of model making and um mm. making things out of junk and all of that sort of thing and so yeah. i don't know isn't it an Ardman film so it was is it i don't know i don't know probably but it's I a claymation know. i think yeah is it? it has to be do you want me to look it up? I don't actually know. Now I can look it up. What do you want to look up? Well, I've got my phone here. Well, I've got my oh, laptop um, here. I'm better than you. No, I'm joking. Is flushed away um, CGI or claymation? No. Me not being able to spell. That's all right. See, there you go. Aesthetic noises of Will. Timing. <laughs> yeah, it was an Ardman film and it was a claymation. Oh, it yeah. was claymation, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Oh, it's a DreamWorks film, and then Ardman yeah. did it for yeah, right. It's <clears throat> um, really cool, but yeah, it makes it makes me laugh so much, and I love the I love the sort of chase scenes and things yeah, like that. And yeah, it, it is good. And he is in a whisk mm. at one point, and yeah, and the silly puns and things. That's so very good. So, but I've been thinking quite a lot about making um, making models and bits and pieces for my doll's house, and um, oh I, yeah, or just because what. What I want to do is I want to, I want to, I've got Doll's House. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, it's a one twelfth scale and I think it's, wow, how many rooms is it? Several. I think it's eight rooms. So it's quite big and a mm. great big staircase and all that sort of thing. But I've always wanted to make a, um, like a Doll's House garden. Oh um, Yeah. And use more of a sort of um, model making diorama, yeah. you know, all those things. What's that called? Because I found a I little niche on the, yeah, on the YouTube. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's a model making doll's house, not like a dolly, like a doll's, doll's house. Do you know what I mean? What? Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's a kind of doll's house that you can It would be a like. scale. Yeah, yeah, it's like a proper collector's doll's yeah, house. Not yeah, not like a thing that you buy from Toys R Us and play with. That no, kind of thing. Yeah. you could play with it. If yeah, you to. but you've got to build it first. That's yeah, it. well, it's sort of it's got walls. Yeah, <laughs> it's got <laughs> internal walls that aren't held in place yet. I've ordered glass for it, which is sitting out there. I've just got to work out how to oh, wow. how to cut it up. But I really want to make a scale like a one twelfth garden. Yeah, and I had this weird idea that wherever my doll's house sat, like on um a sideboard or something. Yeah, that the, the if it had a drawer underneath, like a big drawer that pulled out, that that could be the garden. And then oh, so yeah. do the That'd whole cool. of the garden. Mm. But the only thing is, then I stupidly went and bought a shed <laughs> for it. <laughs> Which, of course, being being um, 112th scale yeah. is about, I don't know, it's about seven or eight inches high to the apex of the roof. Yeah. So I won't fit in most drawers. <laughs> so to go back to the drawing board on that way but I'd love to make like a sort of walled garden yeah and loads of different vines and you know apple trees and things like that well, couldn't you have it on display like in your studio when you get it properly tidied up and like a place I could for your do your stuff? but one of the things I've noticed is um out in the studio where I've had like books and things yeah um the light overhead Mm, all the, the time stuff, does yeah. fade stuff it really does you wouldn't yeah. think it does but it really does so i don't know i probably have to mm. put like a probably have to build it with a lid or something so that's what i was thinking yeah. Listening over it yeah probably mm. do that that would be really good so but yeah i, I really yeah. like making little bits and pieces mm. and um 
And I was thinking about, oh, I could do another YouTube channel of me just making junk. Just put it, <laughs> on, just put it on your main one. I know, but it's not exactly related to what I, everything else I do. Yeah, but it is making stuff and it's sort of the same aesthetic as to what you do. Yeah, I would I say. So it's that sort of, I yeah. suppose if you look at the sort of, um, the, the umbrella yeah. is probably um, upcycling and yeah. secondhand and vintagey stuff. So that's probably what it is. Ooh, I just thought I've got my sewing machine to do. Just looking oh, at yeah. it. <gasps> Yay, I've got all the things now. We made an episode about that a few, like a month yeah, ago. Yeah, we did. Well, I've got all the bits now to do mm. it, to film it. <gasps> so exciting. Look at that faceplate. Can you see it? What's the faceplate? The, the faceplate is a bit on the side. Um, the side of the hole of the big sewing machine bit. That? No, the that. side, the side here, the that. side, oh, the side. Oh, that is nice. Yeah, it's um, it's a. I think it's just a steel, um, right? But it's actually got some sort of. I don't even know how that's done. It's like an etched pattern, maybe, or it's a yeah, mm. cast yeah, pattern. But it's like really it's pretty. Oh, there's one here too. That I like. Yeah, yeah, it is a really nice yeah. machine. So. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to mm. that. I might film. I think what I might do actually is do um, the vintage blouse thing. Yeah. Get that made, and then go on and do that sewing machine one. I think. Mm. Have a little break in between the sewingy things. So. But yeah, still plodding on with my YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> so. And just quickly going back to what you were saying about the videos and stuff. Mm. Did you want to do cooking and that kind of thing every now and then on your YouTube channel? I would like to. I would like to do more like, um, you know, like we did uh, the silk tie quilt and we had different backdrops. So Mm. we went outside, we showed the garden. It was quite Lusiki inspired. Yeah, it was very Lusiki inspired. I wouldn't say it was Um, the same as like up to standards of her videos. No, (laughs) no, she's amazing. She's been, she's been um, uh, checking, no, she's been making them for a long time. Also, we weren't that good at making videos. Well, we were, but not as good as we are now. That's so cool though, when you look back and I think, yeah, I'm still really proud of what we did because at the time, every single one was as good as we could make it yeah. at that time. And it's still the same now, but we yeah, can just make it a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think I've got um, quite a lot more confident. Um, yeah, I think I, I have in a way. Obviously, I've joined, but I'm not involved in the videos, like, physically, like, in the actual video, but no, I do. I feel like I've speak. got more confident with editing. Yeah, <laughs> no. you know what I mean. But you do all, you make all the editorial decisions yeah. and that kind of thing, and I just go with them, and I think mm. more and more we've sort of got in sync over yeah. that but then I think part of that's communication from me and telling you what I want it to yeah. look like but going back to your question about like, cooking and things like that I do really want to do some um trying out some yeah. weird recipes and things cool. or even like gathering because I'm big big wild food gatherer person mm. and I have been for like years and years and years and years. Oh, can we um, do a little montage? Um, I love a good montage. <laughs> I'm sure we can. <laughs> Next year, if you're asking for a drone. Um, but <laughs> the difficulty yet. is, since we first discovered that we liked filming those kind of things, because yeah. I think the first one we did was the, well, the only cooking one ever was the sourdough bread. Yeah, I thought that was quite good. And it and it was. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um, it... it um, you know, it's a fairly accurate representation of my haphazard method of making yeah. bread. Um, but yeah, and then it became winter and there's not really an awful lot to gather mm. or, you know. Yeah. And I I missed um, picking the hazelnuts. The birds got them in the end. Yeah, you should uh, have felt, I wish we'd filmed the elderflower cordial. I know, that would have been so good. Yeah. It would have been such, such a good one because it's so, well, we can do it this year. Yeah. We're bound to get loads of elderflowers. So that would be We've got nice. a tree. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, you know, things like um, Rubbish, marmalade making and, Ooh, yeah. you know, um, jam making and things like, things that people might want to have a go at. Because yeah. one of the things I found, because I, I got, when I lived in the States, I got massively into um, bread making and uh, preserving stuff. So the bread making came out of, um, well... Without wishing to be rude to any of my American friends, 
if you happen to listen to this podcast, the plain sliced bread that you buy in a packet, you know, in a bag of sliced bread is just awful. Quite frankly, it is awful. To someone from Europe, where we still have a big sort of artisan bread influence, even not so much in the UK, we don't. I mean, most people will eat sliced bread, you know, it's only more recently they've started going back to the artisan bread. But the difference is, it's it's probably a difference in taste. And um, yeah, because they put a lot of corn syrup in sliced bread. And of course, we don't put any sugar, any sweetener at all in our bread. That's because it's or I don't. When bread. I make bread, I don't. You might find it in something like um, um, one of the bread companies did something, was it Tasty Wholemeal or something like that? Right. There might be a little bit of like molasses or, or um, barley malt in there to get that round, yeah. grainy... It, uh, like a hint of sweetness no this is yeah. this is like full-blown it tastes sweet like a not very sweet cake yeah <laughs> you know it, it's noticeable I, I don't think that'll be offensive because or disrespectful because i literally i had such a good thing planned out to say and i completely forgot hang on what was i actually gonna say Oh yeah, I think the American people that we know, they don't work in the factories that make the bread. Yeah, they They don't don't, design the recipes or anything. It's bread that they made, and also if they do like the bread, um, and they have taste for breakfast or that kind of thing, a they make sandwiches with like peanut butter and jelly, which is a sweet sandwich, or. I know that breakfasts over in America tend to be a lot more sweet. Yeah, they are, definitely. Yeah, definitely. A lot more sweet, not sweeter. You know what I mean? Yeah, so so when I lived there, I just couldn't... I mean, I got to the point where I couldn't eat sandwiches at home because I would... No, so I'd just eat whatever I was going to put in a sandwich. Yeah. Um, So I thought I'd better learn to make bread. I mean, I'd I'd made, made a plain white farmhouse loaf before Mm. i think i'd learned to do that at school and i could make a couple of um like fruited bread type things you know like um i could make chelsea buns and things like that and um and i thought i better learn better learn to make bread so my sister bless her heart found a really good book and um i think she posted it to me um and it's it's sort of that's the one we've got what what i call my bread bible and um and then when my mum came to visit, she also brought over some um, dried yeast for me um, because what I found was buying the jars of, like, you know, you get the jars of dried yeast. Yeah. We And all you get them in sachets. Mm. So the jars of dried yeast, they're fairly sort of, I'm showing you, it's like, what, about that big? Epic. Yeah, but quite small. It, it, They're like little. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a little little jar of or um, a can with a lid on it or whatever, mm. and the size is very similar to what was available in the states. Right. If you bought dried yeast, but if you bought the so it was about the same amount in there, same weight. Yeah. So in the supermarket, they were six dollars ninety nine. Way. for that size dried it's yeast. so cheap over here and then here <laughs> i think even now it's less than a pound it's like 60p yeah, yeah. for all of that Maybe and it's more, just but yeah. yeah it's just ridiculous so if you want to do and that's the problem with um food in the states in particular and it's it, sadly it's happening more and more here as well yeah. is it's very much about if you've got disposable income as to how you eat so over there, definitely, uh, you know, home baking is aimed at people that can afford to home bake rather yeah. than out of necessity. But even then, it is still, even with the mm. yeast being that price, it is still cheaper probably to make your own bread and it's yeah. way better than what you get. And then I found this amazing bakery as well down in um, a place called Colchester. <laughs> So, sorry, I'm laughing because I know all of our UK listeners will just find that hilarious. But I lived in Connecticut. So I lived in Manchester in Connecticut. They steal all of the names from the UK. Well, that's because a lot of the settlers came from the UK. Oh, okay. And I'll, and right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that in a minute, if you like. So, okay. um, 
So yeah, they. So I lived in Manchester, and then if I drove about thirty miles, maybe um, down to Colchester, there there was this amazing uh, Russian bakery, and um, they made this Russian rye bread, and it was amazing. It was really dark. That was so nice and very yeah. rye fragrant, yeah, yeah. you know. But the loaves were so big that they would cut them into four. Oh, that was big. Like, that was, yeah. <laughs> and then slice them. They were like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they cut them into four, so quarter it up. So it's like an oval divided into, like, quarters. Yeah. And then they'd slice in each individual quarter and then bag it up, as a, then that would be about the same size as a sliced loaf. Okay. So these loaves were huge. Mm. So I used to drive down there every... <coughs> I don't know, probably like every three or four weeks. And then I'd go and cram it all in my tiny little freezer. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. What I was going to say about the names, I always thought as well, because like where I lived, there was, you know, Manchester, Colchester, Essex. I was trying to think where else. It's just off the top of my head. Um, and I was like, well, it's not very original, is it? You know, and yeah, Hart- yeah. Hartford's the uh, state capital and all that sort of thing. And then I really got into playing the game um, Civilization. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's probably still going. Yeah. Well, um, so I used to play Civilization a lot. And, it, and in this thing, you get to be a world power type thing. Right. And you can cho- you can either choose to make up all your town names as you get a new settlement. You can create a name, mm. so you can have you know Ellieville, you know <laughs> Ellieville. the town you came from. Then I don't know all these weird and wonderful <laughs> names. And then after about fifteen of them, yeah, you kind of run out of ideas, yeah. <laughs> and it's actually quite hard to come up with original names. So. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with them just going, oh, my auntie lived in Colchester. Well, let's yeah. call it Colchester. I don't mind. I don't yeah. care what the names are. I just think it's quite interesting how all of our names appear in America. Yeah, and then, well, also, because, of course, in the, on the eastern seaboard, so in, like, Connecticut, Rhode Island, yeah, Massachusetts, all of that, and going down into New York State and all that sort of thing, um, those areas have got... Probably just as many Native American names as well as whomever else went and I would say settled, but actually let's be honest about it, colonised. I mean, if you don't know the difference, look it up, kids. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's really interesting that like, you've got this this huge juxtaposition between colonialism and what was there before which was native american lands and all that sort of thing but the only way you're really aware of it is in names that's it that's really the only time you you're kind of aware of it like i used to go (laughs) go to this beach called miscormacup beach in uh, rhode island um so that's a good native american name and then i used to go up to lake winnipesaukee as well which is in um new hampshire another brilliant Native American name. Yeah. And I just love them. But you do see that. You see it quite a lot. And it's it's almost like um, if you drive through Wales ever and you see um, road signs that are written in Welsh and English. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're very similar and sometimes they're completely different. Well, sometimes in the States you'll you'll get something like Mescormacut, for example, next to jonestown or something yeah. like that you know it's just really just really interesting juxtaposition so hmm. yeah the, the history is all right there in the names which is i find fascinating yeah. anyway so that's just sort of there but you don't notice it yeah because it's so in, yeah it's kind of like when you're looking for something and it's so obvious that you just sort of don't look yeah well i suppose if you if you're born and bred there like if you live there all your life they they are just names they probably don't you probably doesn't even register <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but to, for an incomer like I was, yeah, and like I am in Wales, I do do notice those things. So, yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, that's why I learned to make yeah, that's why I learned to make bread. And going back to the cooking thing, yeah, you're obviously passionate about cooking, and you want to do it on your YouTube channel. Mm. And I think that 
the doll's housing and modeling stuff makes more sense for your channel than cooking. So I think if you're okay to do that, you should definitely do the doll's house stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's an interesting I'm not saying thing. don't do the cooking because it doesn't relate at all. No. But I just think if I had to pick one, it would be yeah. the modeling stuff. So don't worry about that. Because I think, I think the way I'm sort of trying to think about where my YouTube channel goes is... Right, the difficulty for me is like, I still I still watch way too much YouTube. I'm watching less on <laughs> less on how to grow your YouTube channel. It's like I've kind of nearly give it a few more weeks and yeah. I've nearly got to the stage where it kind of it is what it is. I keep tweaking, I yeah. keep trying to do it better. Um but what a lot of people do that are 20 years younger than me so this is the other this is a one of the things so one of the things is energy right right family situation and age right so family situation and age i'll probably go hand in hand so i'm a good 20 years older than most people trying to start out on youtube probably even 25 years older yeah so the things that i'm interested in haven't changed i'm still interested in the same sort of things that i yeah. was interested in when i was 25 you know, so um, so there's that sort of thing, but I don't have as much time to um, or energy to put into doing YouTube because I have family commitments, I have work yeah. commitments, you know, health issues, whatever you like. But so I can only I can only do what I can do, and then now you're back at school as well. There is no point in us trying to deadline getting a video up every week i think yeah we probably do it for three weeks and then go do you know what it's just not worth it mm -hmm. it's just not worth it whereas at the moment i think we can just about cope yeah with every two weeks um especially yeah, I if i, I get my butt in gear and film some stuff <laughs> <laughs> would help um so yeah i i see what younger people do is they will follow the trends they will try and find out what's current you know they will make chocolate bombs to drop in cups of hot milk to film to put on youtube shorts or tiktok but that's because it's the kind of thing you find on tiktok and social media it's like instagram and that kind of thing and yeah it aimed at gen z and millennials yeah so but then there are a lot of youtube channels that are quite sort of okay they're not quite making chocolate bombs to put in milk but um but they're more um whatever the perceived trend of the moment is you know like there's a lot of aesthetic lifestyle type channels out there and quite frankly yeah as somebody who's quite a lot older um they don't interest me at all and it's not that i'm not yeah. interested in like interiors and things i am i'm really interested in all that i mean it's to do with fabric and color and art stuff and as you know aesthetics and all the rest of it it's because they all bloody look the same that's why i'm not interested yeah and there's, there's a lot of kind of um copy kind of culture it's like mm. one person will do this thing um i've no and i can't believe it i've even noticed it i think the closest to my group of people if you like on youtube like the closest i can get niche wise is probably costumers the okay. costume youtubers um who do kind of some other bits as well there's like a blurred line mm -hmm. you know some of them do um cosplay and armoring and using warbler and sometimes that you know verges into sort of model making as well there is kind of this weird crossover but i have to say the funniest thing I found um, another small content creator the other day and there's yeah. a sewing one and I thought, oh, this is exciting. I'll have a look because I'm all for supporting small content creators. Being one myself, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a look. Yeah. And, the, and I couldn't actually focus on what this very delightful young lady was talking about because I noticed the backdrop and the layout of her sewing room was like identical to somebody else's that also does these sewing videos and it was yeah. really distracting and then the other thing is you know that um that racking stuff that we got you from ikea oh, uh, the, like, uh, yeah board stuff that you put on your the, wall and, and you hook the, the things in yeah, oh that. my god it's like everyone uses it i mean it's great because yeah. you can change it it's, it's, yeah but it's, and it's aesthetic 
Yeah, but it's aesthetic is all the same. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's my point. So, but I do understand if you are of a different generation to me that you really are limited on what you can get. You know, you can't just decide to go off to, especially not at the moment, <laughs> you can't decide to go off to like the works or go off to some antique flea market thing and go, oh yeah, I'm going to buy a, I don't know, £150 sort of shelf unit or something and yeah. and wax it myself or restore it or anything because you just don't have that kind of money. But you might go, oh, I could afford, I could ask for this from Ikea. I could get these few bits and pieces and it will give me that look that I want. I can change it a little bit and yeah. make it my own. I totally get that because I, you know, I was your age once as well. Mm. So, but, um, so <laughs> it's a long-winded explanation of what, what my channel's going to be is, um, I your decided plan for world to domination. Uh? Your plan for world domination yeah. is <laughs> Yeah, in my sewing room. <laughs> domination of my sewing room. That would be good actually. I'd like to be on the winning side in here. Mm. I don't feel like I'm on the winning side right now looking around at everything. No. Uh, fabric one. I have no comment. Ellie nil. At the <laughs> it's just like no. Um, yeah. So I decided what I want to do is make my channel a bit more kind of magazine y. So, like, you know, when you look through a magazine and oh, you like might get living, kind of that kind of thing. Well, I mean, actually, like, so you might no. find someone, well, yeah, but not quite, li not as literal yeah. as that. So, you might find like a cooking thing, right. like a nice recipe, and you think, oh, I'll have that, I'll have a go at that. Or you might see an advert for, I don't know, some, some, some I can't even say it, <laughs> some sustainable clothing line, and you think, oh, yeah, that looks really good. Oh, or okay, yeah. a dressmaking pattern, or. Uh, someone's planted some weird colour combin combin combination. Find me, where have my words gone? Colour <laughs> combination in their garden or whatever yeah. it happens to be. So just like dipping into lots of different things, yeah. but all things under like one roof that you might be interested in. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm going to have to try and go for because I think that's quite a lot more representative of who i am and what i do and also i think you're not you neither of us started youtube channels to become youtubers and like yeah well yeah just youtubers it's sort of more you just wanted to keep doing what you're doing and kind of make a platform for it yeah if that makes sense absolutely because i think also coming from a sort of you know the exhibiting my work and selling my work and teaching people and that sort of thing at the moment, I have no, no, no platform for that at all. Um, you know, I don't know when I'll be sending anything to an exhibition. It's certainly not going to be this year. Mm. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be teaching workshops again. It's certainly not going to be this year. Yeah. So Maybe this next way, year. I yeah, might be. Yeah. It might be. I might. I don't know. I might decide to just do like event workshops instead. So just do maybe two or three a year. Yeah. That are like a big deal. Yeah. A big thing. Um, so, so yeah. So, <laughs> if if I do become a YouTuber <laughs> at nearly 50, that's hilarious. Um, it will be more because of what I do and who I am as a person rather than how good I am at yeah. chasing trends. You know, I, I, I would rather be a trend maker yeah. than a trend follower. <laughs> And um, I've always been the same and I can't, I can't step out of that. I don't think, I, I don't think I'd be being true to myself in that way. You know, I think it would be, I'd probably be able to do it for about six months and I'd just get bored because mm. it's not who I am. So to sustain interest and when you've got like a big creative brain, you know, and everything interests you, and it's like trying to zero in on what's, you know, what's relevant to you at the time. Mm. So, anyway, I should shut up. <laughs> I'll shut up now. And that is to the to the question you asked earlier that we sort of just moved on from, mm. which I thought was quite ir ironic. Um, about why do you think I find it harder to start conversations and lead conversations? Mm. You just have a lot more interesting stuff to say. Oh. And I feel like that does relate to what I was saying, and it didn't yeah. like answer your question properly about like how two different generations i think it just just the way 
Although we do have good conversations with each other, it's just the way we talk to people like do you think, our age. Because obviously, you talk to a lot of people your age, and I talk to a lot of people my age, and it's just different. Do you think it's? Do you think it literally just comes down to like age and confidence, though? Because I'm age, sure confidence and interests and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Because I'm sure when I was your age, um, I I think I would have to ask my my best friend, <laughs> hey Andrew. Was I very shy at Will's age? Did I put myself forward? I know I didn't. I know. I mean, I probably did with him. We would just yeah. sit and cackle like the two mad things. But put me in a group of people and I probably stopped talking. Yeah. Because I was very shy and very lacking in confidence. And um, now, is it not on? It is. Oh, God. Don't say <laughs> Will just did a kind of shock looking at his phone because we couldn't see the graphic equaliser anymore going up and down. So it's all right. It was recording all the time. Yeah. So, you, so your heart started working again. Yeah. Yeah. Just about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been awful because then you'd have had to I find know. out when. Oh, especially after you actually said some Well, no, we, just, we just would have like not done it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So what was I saying? Uh, yes, about when I was your age. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, yeah, very, very shy and very not much confidence. Unless it was to do with sewing, painting, drawing, photography, riding my bike. <laughs> um, all of them at the same time, mm. kind of. I used to take sewing and sketchbooks and stuff on the back of my bike and go and park up in the middle of a field for a day and... Yeah. do all sorts of weird and wonderful things if it was anything to do with creative stuff very rarely did I question myself on it so that was quite quite good uh, quite driven even at your age I think mm. probably because I was utterly crap at everything else <laughs> so, oh that and reading I loved reading probably because I learned to read really late Yeah, I didn't learn to read until I was nine. Oh wow yeah because we in um, I know we've mentioned it before on this um, where I grew up on the other side of the country um, we had lower schools middle schools and upper schools so lower school is like from four and a half or five up until the age of nine yeah and middle school is from nine until the age of 12 roughly this is yeah. and then upper school is from sort of 12 or 13 to either it was 16 then yeah or if you did sixth form. So when I was at my lower school, um, which I actually stayed at my lower school all the way through. I started when I was six because um, we'd just moved. And then I actually stayed at that school all the way to the end, three years, whoop de doo But I couldn't actually read for the whole of the time I was there Yeah. until the final term, I think, did they call it summer term? the last term that breaks up in the summer I don't know I never summer term. yeah 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 so until the last term I suddenly started reading these books and they were called the rainbow books so you started on red and then you read the, the orange and then yellow and then so on so forth oh, oh, and, and then right at the end there was bronze silver and gold right so I managed to stagger my way through like the red and the orange mm. and then we had a supply teacher I remember this so clearly and um, so yeah I was definitely nine and my birthday's in May so yeah it was then um, we had the supply teacher my or, or usual teacher I don't know where she went I can't remember and she was saying to me oh you know what is it with reading what's the problem because you clearly like books you know you seem articulate mm. you can write because this thing I could write but I couldn't read yeah. it so it didn't make much sense well I had to remember what I'd written um and um I actually told her well, I've managed to tell her sitting in the Wendy house which was like <laughs> the safe space <laughs> so, and I actually told her it's because I was really bored with the books, like we had Peter and Jane as well. I couldn't stand Peter and Jane. They completely freaked me out because they only had five words on each page. Yeah. So I already knew I was, in my eyes at that age, I already knew I was thick and slow. 
because I was reading a book with five words on each page and all of the other kids were reading like complete paragraphs. Uh, and yeah, okay, right, that makes the sense. fact that I'm dyslexic as well, by the time I'd get to the next page, I couldn't remember what was on the page before. Yeah. So she said, why don't you try reading the silver books out of this range? I missed all the middle ones. Mm. Went straight onto the silver books. Well, who turned out to be able to read? <laughs> so... I've been, I struggled over some of the words and things like that. And then she let me take the um, gold books home, even though I was going to be going to a different school after the summer holidays. I did return the books. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And she also lent me some classic literature. And I remember reading The Water Babies, um, which is um, by Kingsley, somebody or other. And... um, it's quite a difficult book language wise to read and I got on with it so well and I suddenly realized that I couldn't articulate it like I can now but I suddenly realized that everyday speaking to children language yeah was it just didn't work for me but put it into more formal literary type things in a book I was quite happy so consequently I've read lots (laughs) lots <laughs> yeah. lots and lots of classic literature in different languages the translations not in the original yeah um and now i'm a really really avid reader and have been mm. ever since so one of the things i used to do was read a lot as well i'd take a mm. take a sandwich and a book go and lie in a field somewhere yeah so but um yeah i know catherine's got quite into reading recently yeah she got this really really big amazon gift card for christmas i think from some oh, family nice. members so um she ordered a bunch of skincare stuff and she had some left on it so she ordered some books and she was really enjoying them yeah, so, yeah. what sort of things does she read um she likes fantasy novels quite a, like that oh, kind yeah. of thing so like mildly realistic but also like a little bit of fantasy oh because that yeah i would read some of those well, as well sort, I mean, not mildly but like quite realistic you know what i, I mean i've read um there's there's a genre called science fantasy yeah and there's some really really good books in that you know it's quite a big um there's loads of good authors and everything out there but a couple of my absolute favorite ones i've got you know all 20 whatever of the books that have been written over like 25 yeah. years you know like a long time and she'd probably really enjoy those as well because you used to be a really keen reader, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think changed? Do you think do you think it's something you go back to? Um. Yeah. Probably. Because I mean, when I think what you used to read, I mean, I do partly. I think it was for you. I think it was escapism at primary school because I think you didn't like yeah. it very much. <clears throat> oh, um, looking back, yeah, I do agree. And I know you always made sure you'd got some sort of book. Yeah. In your bag, so. But I remember you reading, um, starting to read the Harry Potter books by yourself. Mm. And then you had the illustrated ones. And I know you went back to the beginning Those and started so reading cool. them. Yeah, they're really yeah, good. I should collect them. And then um, you started reading those Susan Cooper books. Yeah. Those are the ones we sent um, sent Nathan yeah. for Christmas. I hope he likes them. Have you ever managed to read all the way to the end? I don't the know. series. Because the first one is um, Oversea Under Stone, mm. and that's about the three children down in Cornwall, mm. and they have to outwit all sorts of things. Spoilers. Mm. <laughs> and then it's really, really cool. The second one's um, The Darkest Rising, yeah. and that's um, that centers around an 11-year-old boy called Will, who is a little bit different from the rest of his family. And uh, turns out to be, do you remember um, Great Uncle Mary in the yes. first one? Um, well, in the second one, have you read The Darker Rising? No, I don't know. Oh. Have I? No. Well, you find out that Will and Great Uncle Mary have got an awful lot in common. That's right. what I'm going to say. And then the next one, The Green Witch, that's set back in Cornwall again, and it involves jane barney and simon and will this mm. time and then the last two yeah, that's cool yeah so like links to oh yeah oh yeah it's a complete kind of story arc thing yeah. although each book stand alone it's fascinating what i really like about it is the last two take place in wales mm. and um although it's all up on kada is it kada idris the the big mountain and that is that snowden 
What is? No. I Have I know. just made myself sound like a complete idiot? Well, Cadet Idris, anyway. No, you're right. Cadet Idris. Yeah. It's Snowden, is it? It's just Mount... Pen, Pen- Pen- oh, yeah. No. It's a mountain. It's a mountain in Wales. Anyway, it's <laughs> it's uh, in Snowdonia. So yeah. Snowdon's the tallest one and the only one I know the name of. So, but anyway. Oh, it lies at the um at the southern end of the Snowdonia National Park. So right. it's a separate. Yeah. It's a separate mountain. Yeah. There's lots of mountains yeah. there. We should go one time. We but should. There's there's the fourth book. Um, the Grey King takes place there. All yeah. In that sort of, Will's brought up all the pictures of it. It's stunning. Very atmospheric. Yeah. But it also interweaves quite a lot of um, Welsh legend, myths and legend. And I don't know what it is about the Celtic kind of, the Celtic fringes of the UK. So you've got Cornwall, then Wales and Scotland as well. And then, you know, Northern Ireland or, it's hard to say Ireland. But anyway, they are, they're all Celtic nations. And um, the myths and legends seem to have really survived in those areas and yet in England they're not so much but the the amazing thing is when I went to Iceland yeah there's oh, some, to Iceland there's really some incredible myths and legends from there as well yeah. which have survived too which is um absolutely stunning but so these last two books one of them takes place definitely on Kadar Idris and then the other one is um takes place in a similar area yeah. but involves the lost land Mm. Um, because there was a, um, and it's called Silver on a Tree, because there's a drowned um, town there. Um, I was only reading it this morning. I can't remember whereabouts it is. But somewhere on the coast, there was an area at the the sort of estuary mouth of the river. Yeah. Where it was really fertile land and all the rest of it. It was very, very low, you know, probably if not quite at sea level just above it or just below it or something and there's a a a drowned um area so all the land just in one big storm just disappeared i mean it's just like hundreds of years ago yeah um but apparently at very low tide you can still see trees and bits and pieces and you know remains of houses and Mm. things like that and that story should be repeated all round the British Isles because our coastlines change so much. Um, but I particularly like those, going back to the books, particularly like those last yeah. two. They're really, really good. And yeah. And um, they they meet a new new character in book four. Yeah, cool. And then they're all together in book five. So, mm-hmm. so you should definitely read them. So... Yeah. Did you ever read The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe or did I just yeah. read all of those to you? I think you? so. I think I read a couple. Because so, I know I read all seven to you, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, when we lived at Blend Road. Yeah. So what do you think were the most sort of formative books of your... What do you remember from your childhood? Um, a lot of the Harry Potters. Yeah. The first, obviously, under Stain. Um, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Yeah, just ones that you've mentioned. <laughs> just do like you remember kind of any of the E. Nesbitt? ones not really like the phoenix in the carpet or i remember watching that i don't remember reading it oh, i, I, used, remember, I no, think i, I read it too it, the yeah. language is quite difficult though yeah. um for a little one mm-hmm. um but i'm pretty sure i've read you the phoenix in the carpet yeah um i might have read the enchanted castle to you as well as another aspect one um i'm trying to think what else i used to read to you anything we could get our yeah. hands on really wasn't it <laughs> the Railway Children. Oh yeah. Yeah, I read you the Railway Children. That's that's um Ines bit as well. Mm, I think I also read that myself. Yeah. Mm. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That film, we used to watch that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember? I do. Do you remember what you used to do at Grandma's? Is this embarrassing on a podcast? Yeah. No, we were only little. It's like about... a bit, in, isn't it? A bit in the film where they like sit on the fence and wait for the train. So yeah, I'd, like, and then stopping the train sometimes. And then I'd sit on, yeah. You'd sit on the fence, yeah, and then you'd pretend like their drive, their big drive was um, was the uh, the railway line, and you'd try and stop I the train. I didn't wave, did I? 
well didn't if i wave tell me we actually had some proper flags oh, probably no. had thomas tank engine on or something i don't know so you did you didn't use anyone's petticoat and a stick so you know you did actually use a flag so that's okay what there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> it was sweet i'm saying nothing about the peacock <laughs> your face <laughs> probably forgotten anyway isn't it funny though the things that I remember and the things that you remember from your childhood are, are so completely different like when I dress up as a peacock <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like literally five years old yeah well I start. I thought I thought it was a really interesting way of dealing with it because there used to be this um place you could go to called Gethliar and it's um or Golden Grove mm. and um there's a big old country house there that's been all sorts of things it's been a school it's been used as offices originally obviously it was a family home oh, I was just about to go on to it yeah <coughs> and it's, it's um, got a big forest and it's got a big ar- arboretum at the front yeah. And then there's some sort of land around it where there's like hikes and stuff that were yeah. owned, it was owned by the council. And we used to go there quite a lot. And there was a... There was a cafe and a park. Yeah, there was a cafe yeah. and a little playground as well with all those sort of mm. um, log cabin type little huts and climbing yeah. frames and things. Well, there happened to be two peacocks there as well. And yeah. when Will was about four or five and, you know, playing in the playground... He got quite upset one time when he was sitting in one of the little huts and we were having a little snack or something. I remember that. And this peacock appeared, which bear in mind to a sort of four or five year old, peacock's pretty big and quite scary. And um, Will was not very impressed with, um, what are you looking at, peacocks? A peacock, (laughs) to see what it looks like because I forgot. And he he got he got quite upset with his peacock wanting to be in the playground, and he didn't think that was right. So he was, I think, he was actually quite scared of them um, because they would come and sort of look and perch on top of things and they're then display cute. their tails. They're very beautiful, but yeah. they're a bit stupid as Maybe well. Maybe cute isn't the right word. But the noise that they made as well, I don't think you liked very There's much. Like a visual representation. That is a bit. That is disturbing. a bit creepy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, so Will decided he wanted to dress up as a peacock. So me and his grandma made him like a pretend tail type thing. We didn't have any feathers or anything. We just made this like waistband to tie around your waist. And then we had all these long streamers with like bits of tinsel and you know, anything that might look sort of drapey feathery when yeah. they're walking along like that picture there. Yeah. So we made you this whole sort of tail and then we made you like a beak that you had to tie on with string. I remember the beak. Yeah, and you insisted on wearing like you'd got a sort of um turquoisey t shirt and right. brightly coloured trousers you've got like some patchwork trousers that i'd made oh, yeah. you well you didn't have much choice then because i changed your clothes so. yeah. and um, <laughs> and i remember you strutting your stuff as a peacock all around grandma and grandpa's house and drive and garden and everything and um you seemed to work it out of your system whatever it was because you were really scared of them and then the next time we went, they just, I don't know, you're just like, oh, where are they? You know, go and see them. And that's I didn't know it was that deep. I just thought I was yeah. scared of peacocks and then dressing up as a peacock was like a different thing. No, it was I... all part of the same thing. It seemed to be your way of um, of dealing with it, which I think is really cool. I think, mm. I think it's amazing. That's not embarrassing, is it? No. I think, no. He's <laughs> just looking at me. I just pick that up. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, I I thought it was, I was really impressed. I think, I think being able to work things out as a as a sort of four or five mm. year old is quite impressive. So, but yeah, we should probably leave. We probably should. Yeah. yeah. So what what else could we dress up as to work out <laughs> to work out our issues? Boris Johnson. Oh God, <laughs> that's a step too far. <laughs> yeah, maybe that doesn't work for everything. Bit of role play. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've yeah. got a feather duster or anything to stick on my head. He has got sort of that 
fluffy little boy lost hairstyle, hasn't he? That's what I thought, Boris John. Yeah. He just looks a bit like scruffy. Sorry, anybody that's been sacked for lying before should never be Prime Minister. But anyway, yeah. So that's just... Yeah, I know. Will's trying to... I'm imitating a picture. That was quite good. No, it was quite Hang good. Hang on, let's get a photo. It was like this sort of slightly gormless look. Wait. It's not <laughs> that bad. <laughs> yeah, but they can't see this anyway, so why we should be, prob- Why are you being nice to Boris Johnson right now? Hmm? You said it's not that bad. Like, yes, it is that bad. Well. <laughs> yeah, all right then. Okay. So anyway. maybe we should maybe we should wrap it up, but we should think of something a more sort of um, happy thing to end on yeah. than Boris Johnson. Uh, if you make the trifle, tag us on Instagram. Oh, yeah, and it's Easter soon, so yeah. you might get chocolate. Always good. <laughs> like an Easter egg. Oh, yeah. Do you think I'll get one? You could make an Easter egg. I could. We could make Easter we eggs. We could. How would we make Easter eggs? We'll work that out. Later. We'll, work we'll work that out. out. We'll let you know. We'll like... let you know if we worked out how okay. to make Easter eggs. Okay. <laughs> we just you don't have... hit anything ever again. Like, we don't make another episode. Make sure you have a really good week. And um, sorry there was such a long gap between them. We'll try and do it on a more regular basis, but it's very much down to um, con- our time constraints. So Will's supposed to be pressing stop now, but he's just doing a massive yawn instead. So see you next week. Bye. Bye.